Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, August 20, 24th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendell. A lot to get into. Um, got a chance to speak with Ohio State's corners, safeties, and the two DB coaches, Tim Walton and Perry Eliano, last night after practice. So that's This show is going to be heavy on the Buckeyes secondary today. We're also going to get into the Notre Dame matchup to finish the show, but... Um, Backs, the big news here is, and this didn't come out yesterday, you know, Coach Day talked about this and Jim Knowles talked about this on Monday. They are at full strength at corner, which is huge because they had like half of their scholarship corners banged up as of two weeks ago. They only have six scholarship corners, unless you count Cam Martinez, who's, you know, kind of cross-training right now, is at slot safety and is adding depth at corner. Um, But um, just your thoughts overall, and obviously it's great news they're finally healthy at corner, and what are your expectations for this group of corners this season? Well, yeah, I think it was pretty dire a week or two ago. I wrote about it in the bucket because it wasn't just that we were missing half our scholarship corners. I think Jansen Dunn was also not able to practice, and they had tried cross-training him too. So that's another time that we're just sitting here going, oh, boy. Now, the good news is is that the start of the season, uh, Notre Dame is correspondingly in uh, depth problems at, at the opposite position in wide receiver. So – you know, there was a little bit of a, all right, let's just see how this plays out. Let's feel okay here. But I feel way better about it now that knowing these guys are all back practicing. That's, that's, that's a really important thing when you only have six scholarship cornerbacks. Uh, so my expectation for this year is, is that these guys are excellent. I mean, I don't know how to make it much simpler than that. We got a guy in Denzel Burke who's going to end up end up being probably a first-rounder going out. You got a guy in Cam Brown who's a couple years now off of his injury, played a fair amount last year, should be good to go this year. And then you've got the young guys who are going to be going out there and having their opportunity to earn the spots to play. And these are the guys that coming into Ohio State were the top 50, top 75 in the country overall kind of players. So, yeah, I, I have extremely high expectations for the corners this year. And I think that's very fair to expect of them. I, I don't think we're putting something on them that, that, that isn't reasonable. These guys should be among the best corners in the, in the country this year, especially when you have a guy like Burke leading the way who – is one of the handful of best players in the country at his position. No doubt about it. I, I love this group of corners. I, you know, good thing Cam Martinez is adding a little depth there. So I, I feel better with seven scholarship corners. And, you know, we're including two true freshmen in Jair Brown and Ryan Turner. As I've said on the show many times, Ryan, uh, uh, Jair Brown's going to play this year. The only question is how much. Um, he was getting a lot of first-team reps when when those guys were banged up, when Denzel Burke was banged up, Jordan Hancock was banged up. Uh, and then Cam Brown's been on a pitch count. So Jair Brown is getting a lot, a lot of first-team reps. Him and J.K. Johnson, 
that's huge. That's huge. Um, you don't want him to be a starter, Jair Brown, but um, the fact that he was getting some of those reps against guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. and, you know, uh, Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Emeka Ibuka, that's going to make you better. So I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I already mentioned Cam Martinez is, is, you know, adding some depth there. So that's good. All right, let's look at the safeties. Um, they don't have depth issues at safeties at all. They've got nine scholarship safeties. I love it. You know you're in good shape when, you know, Kai Stokes, even though he's a true freshman, is going to be a third teamer. Uh, you know, Sonny Styles, even though he's a true freshman looking good, he's going to be a th- the third teamer. Jansen Dunn's a third teamer, and they like all those guys. But um, the starters are set with, uh, you know, Tanner McAllister as a slot safety. Um, obviously, Ronnie Hickman as the adjuster, and then Josh Proctor as the bandit. Um, and then you got Court Williams, who's a captain, who Knowles doesn't like to rotate a lot, but he's going to play. Court Williams will find a role for him. Lathan Ransom's another guy that's really coming on. Um, we'll get more in depth about Lathan Ransom. It's pretty amazing he's even back. Um, and then we mentioned Cam Martinez as well will be that backup slot safety. I love this group of safeties. Talented, deep, and it's a safety-driven scheme. I'm very high on the safety group, Bax. What about you? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a really deep group, as you just very well stated with all the different players that they have at the position right now. But I, I think it's undermined by the fact that they're underlined by the fact that one of your captains isn't even necessarily starting. That's how good your three safeties are. And I think that that's a credit to how well Court Williams has developed in terms of work ethic, that he's not necessarily even one of the three starters this year in that group, and he's still a captain. So, yeah, there's your depth. Your depth is the guy who earned his way into a surprise captain. He isn't quite even starting. Uh, McAllister is a coach on the field, right? He's the guy who did it at Oklahoma State came to Ohio State specifically to play again under Jim Knowles, get another opportunity to play in this scheme and play at a bigger program where he's going to have opportunity to compete for more than he did at Oklahoma State. Having Josh Proctor back really helped. This is a guy who, look, we've all seen the potential in Josh Proctor. It just hasn't quite all come together yet, whether it's due to injuries or him being younger when his opportunity to play came. This is a guy who could be a game-changing player if it all comes together for him. And obviously Hickman had a great year last year, and he's going to continue to do so hopefully this year. So, you know, looking at, at, at this set of safeties, Ohio State's deep at a position you need to be deep in an old team. And that's a good reason for optimism, especially when you have a coach at the field like McAllister. Uh, I, I'm optimistic, to say the least. We've got some uh, listeners saying they, they love you back. So I want you to speak up a little bit. Just speak up a little bit more. I can hear everything you're saying. Just speak up a little bit more if you can, my friend. Because, you know, the good people out there are requesting a, a louder voice from Mr. Baxton. It's early in the morning. People uh, kids. Well, I mean, it's it's just, you know. You guys uh, are the only man. people who have ever asked me to speak up. Normally, everybody tells me to quiet down. I know. I was going to make a joke about that. This is the one time people are at. at we don't need you to yell, but definitely speak up a little bit. All right. I love this story right here. Um, Lathan Ransom. Um, love this. So he breaks his leg in the Rose Bowl, and I'm thinking, damn. Like, And he said yesterday he knew right away, obviously, you have an injury like that. You can hear it pop and everything. He knew right away it was broken, and he's thinking – same thing I was thinking. Like, man, he's probably not even going to play like in 2022. And if he does, maybe midseason – how healthy is he even going to be then, knocking the rust off? Nope. Lathan Ransom is 100%. He's fully cleared. I don't know 100% is the right way to put it, but he, there's no limitations on him. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Here's the story. 
Now, Ohio State has a great athletic training staff. For those who don't know, fantastic way they can get some of these guys back. Think about some of the guys that had Achilles injuries. That used to be just 12 months period. You know, yeah. guys like Master Teague and Justin Hilliard were back playing um, after having, you know, tough Borland. Borland uh, yeah. I know, you know, tough Borland was already not the fastest and probably lost a step after that. But still, the fact that those guys were coming back in six months said a lot. So here's the deal with Lathan Ransom. He's from Arizona. He could have went back there and rehab. This kid didn't even go home. He stayed in Columbus the entire time to rehab. And here he is. Earlier this calendar year, he broke his leg. And I know it was January 1st, but still, earlier this calendar year. And he's back in camp 100% going at it. And they say, he, Jim Knowles is like, somebody asked him to describe Lathan Ransom. You can just tell he loves Lathan Ransom. He's like, he's decisive. He just goes. He's fast trigger. He's just, you know, and he's a backup, but he's going to play. Him and Court Williams, even though they're backups, like I said, they're going to play. But I love this story. This is just a testament to hard work. What's interesting is Lathan Ransom and Josh Proctor backs had the exact same injury. Now, Proctor's happened the second game of the year against Oregon, broken leg. Uh, he was able to come back for even a lot of spring. Um, both those guys had the exact same injury. It's great news that Lathan Ransom is 100% or at least close. And that's a testament to his work and Ohio State's training staff. It also under, underlines the old phrase about you'd rather have a broken bone than a torn ligament, right? Uh, especially with the way that people can treat a lot of these, these bone injuries these days. Um, you know, whether it's oxygenated, tends to accelerate healing, whether it's a number of other factors that go into it. You know, we also that kid, he had an ugly injury. In this is a player that I was like you. I was sitting there thinking, well, there goes his opportunity to take his next step next year. But it healed. It probably healed stronger than it was before. And now he's out there having a great camp. He's a player we're going to see on the field this year. We're going to see him on the field and in, in, at, at some on defense. We're going to see him on special teams again. I mean, this is this is a great story about perseverance. This is a kid who has stuck to it, has shown good mental toughness. And so this is the kind of player you want to have succeed this year. It's that simple. So, yeah, this is a great story for Ohio State. It's something they can rally around. And when all these different things that are going on, I, I think it's a great indicator of the season. When you have a bunch of stories of kids that are kind of raring to go and are hungry in a certain way that maybe nobody really had thought they would be, six to eight months ago. You want to have a team that's hungry, and you want to have a team that has something to prove. And this is just yet another player who's trying to prove themselves. What do you think about this? So I had a, I, you know, we were talking to Jim Knowles the other day, which um, I love talking to Jim Knowles. I absolutely love it. Um, and I think some people saw this quote for him and were like, what? They're like, Buckeyes are now 10 days away from the opener against Notre Dame, 12 days when he told us this. And someone asked, you know, how close are you to having the entire defense installed? He said, no, we're about 75% have the 75% of the defense installed. And people are like, wait a minute, one fourth of your defense is not installed. The Notre Dame game is like less than two weeks away. That's not good. Noel said, no, no, no. I never thought we'd be anywhere near hundred percent. We're not going to be at hundred percent installed at any point this season. He said 75% is further along than where he thought they would be. And here's another thing I liked. He said the defense overall, is further along than he expected. And he mentioned these scrimmages and just the times in practice in general when they're going up against what he says is the best offense in the country, the best players, the best offensive coaches. He said his defense has been competitive on a daily basis. So, you know, don't look too much into, oh, the only 75% of the defense is installed. They're going to keep adding things, as he said, adding things from the tool chest. Um, and they'll be able to add things as they go. 
he feels great about where they're at right now. So Jim Knowles feels great about it. I feel great about it. And Bax, I bet you feel great about it too. So when he said he's not got 25% installed, it's not like he's like, all right, this week we're going to get to the D-line. Where? Right? Like, that's not how it works. Like, I saw everybody getting all worried about that, and I cracked up, and I'm like, no, these are different schematic components that are probably not considered as much a part of the stage. These are different ways to disguise blitzes. These are a bunch of things that are, like, the fourth generation of complication to a defense. So when he's talking about being 75% installed, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, that's, that's pretty good, right? That, 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 that means that they've accelerated past the base concept. It means he thinks his guys are just reacting and playing versus trying to think about their assignment. It's not like the play comes in and they're all looking at a cue card like, um, what am I doing on this play, Tanner McAllister? Right? Like, their, their, their installation, if it's at 75%, and that's legit because, again, it's preseason. And you hear a lot of things that's positive about everybody's program right now because nobody's lost the game yet. <laughs> but I, I genuinely think Knowles is pleased with the progress on this defense because we're hearing it from not just Jim Knowles but other parts of the team that is saying things like the, like he is, that, that the defense is competing on a daily basis, that they're making it difficult on the offensive scrimmage, right, that players are, are, are moving faster. I mean, this is a top-to-bottom. This is a top to bottom, pretty aligned story, right? So I, I have to think that I believe Jim Knowles. And I also think that Jim Knowles, there's a reason he came to Ohio State from Oklahoma State. It wasn't just here's a pile of money. It's also an opportunity to have his defense perform with future NFL players on it, unlike in a place like Oklahoma State where he might have a couple, but not top to bottom like you do at Ohio State. So I think if Jim Knowles is sitting here thinking it's ahead of where he had hoped it to be, I would have expected him to have been very confident in his own belief that with better athletes and his ability to teach, that it'd be pretty darn good anyway. So, you know, again, we can't get too excited. We just can't get too excited because we've still got, what, a week and a half at this point until Notre Dame. But if you had told us in April that we'd be sitting here with this positive of a mindset just because it's been a sheer hurricane of good news defensively I wouldn't have believed me like past back wouldn't think that today back would be as confident that future backs will be happy when we play Notre Dame. <laughs> like that simple yeah I, that's a good way of putting it you know and uh I do have a good feeling about this defense and you know hearing Jim Knowles what because I don't think he's not a type of guy that's going to blow smoke up your rear end he's he's a straight shooter but so it was great hearing him say what he said and hearing the defensive players say what they're saying, that they're getting more comfortable and confident. Not getting, they are comfortable and confident now um, going through it in the spring. A guy like Ronnie Hickman says, and this isn't him just bragging, this is Knowles telling him, you are the quarterback of the defense. So Ronnie was talking about that last night. And he said, there's a lot on my plate, but I'm here for it. Like he's learned the defense, he's got it down. And Ronnie's like, there's a lot on my plate. I'm considered the quarterback of the defense and I'm ready for it. So, man, it, uh, I was getting fired up just listening to these guys. All right, let's move on. And um, speaking of guys we, we talked to last night, Tim Walton and Perry Eliano are very impressive. They're very impressive. And after you guys watch the show today, I recommend getting on Bucknuts.com. We have the videos there. It's free. Or just get on our YouTube page. The videos are free. Watch the interviews with Tim Walton and Perry Eliano and all the DBs we got a chance to speak with. Court Williams was also extremely impressive. It's so easy to see, even as a 
third-year sophomore who's not even a starter, why he's a captain. Just watch the video with Court Williams. But I want to talk about Tim Walton and Perry Eliano for a moment. They're very impressive. I think they were very good hires by Ryan Day. And they're flying under the radar because of jerks like me who keep talking all the time about Jim Knowles. Guilty as charged. No, I mean, it is interesting. Jim Knowles, he is the head coach of the defense. So he has been the most interesting. Even when we get a chance to speak with Ryan Day, it's almost more interesting. Nothing against Coach Day because he's fantastic at his uh, his press um, availability. I love speaking with Coach Day. But Knowles is the new kid on the block. The defense is the biggest story, as we all know. It has to get exponentially improved. And he's a hell of an interesting guy to talk to. So we've been talking a lot about Knowles, and rightfully so. Now let's talk about Walton and Eliano. I think these guys, you know, were very good hires by Ryan Day, and it was really impressive speaking with both of them last night. Walton, of course, is over the moon that finally his his guys are healthy at corner. You know, at the end of the day, this is a pair of hires that we sort of overlook because I think we all got a little jaded about, you know, having a, a, a coordinator that really didn't coordinate last year after, what, game two or three. So we're all so focused on the scheme that I kind of think we kind of ignored the whole individual position teaching aspect to some of the guys that we brought in. Uh, and Eliano and Walton, you know, they have a ton of experience being guys who are, you know, right at the top in terms of decision-making and defenses. They're excellent recruiters. This is our first opportunity, really, to get to see them coaching their position groups, right? And I think we all have a lot of confidence in that based on everything we're seeing and hearing. And these are two guys that are clearly on the upward trajectory. And, and, like, if you're building a template as a head coach as what you want to do with your program, you want assistant coaches that are on an upward trajectory, the guys that are going to someday want to run their own defense or maybe have it at a lower level and are trying to do so at a higher level in the not too distant future. You want guys that can go out and breathe fire while they're recruiting. And, hey, this year when we were talking about defensive recruiting, what was the part of the defensive recruiting we really didn't get that worried about? Corners and safety. We were fine with that. That's never been the issue with defensive recruiting when we were worried about it all the time. Right? It's been the front seven. So Eliano and Walton have been doing their job both on the field and on the trail. So, yeah, these are guys that uh, right now I think we definitely undervalue because we're all talking about Knowles. We're all worried about the scheme. And we're not really you know, factoring in that these are also – very good position coaches that were brought in that are part of a massive overhaul of the defense just in general. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think we're not giving them enough credit, but I think we will be by the middle of the end of the season. That's for sure. A comment from Facebook saying Tim Walton played at Ohio State. Damn right he did. That 1993 team that Tim Walton, his senior year, that's when Ohio State came back on the national stage. They had been down. I mean, if you're – uh, a man of a certain age or a woman of a certain age, you remember the later uh, Earl Bruce years and especially the early Cooper years were freaking awful. I mean, at least Earl Bruce, I wouldn't say the later Earl Bruce years were awful. They were good in 86, which was his second to last year. 87, they weren't that good, but they still beat Michigan and Ann Arbor. That was his last game with the Earl headband. So he went out on top, literally with his you know guys carrying him off the field, had a winning record, would have went to a bowl, but they just decided not to. But the early Cooper years was an absolute disaster. We're talking 88 through 92, not fun at all. Um, lost to Air Force in a bowl game during that time. It was just terrible. He missed two or three bowls at that time, too. came back on the national stage, and Tim Walton was a big piece of that team, that 1993 team. Um, of course, they still managed to, to lose to that team up north, but whatever. Um, 
huge win that year. Bobby Hoying was a sophomore first year starting quarterback. They beat Washington in a huge year or a huge game early that year. Uh, Raymond Harris was the running back. That's when Ohio State became like a top 10, top five team again for the first time in a long time. So, yeah, Tim Walton played at Ohio State and played well at Ohio State. And I'm glad he's back. All right. All right. Let's did I bury the lead here. I've been talking so much about the Notre Dame game, but I wanted to finish the show talking about this. All right. We're 10 days away. I'm looking on StubHub. I'll be in the press box. I was just curious. I'm looking on StubHub for tickets. Obviously, good tickets. Some people are trying to sell them for like $2,000 each. Nosebleed tickets. Non-obstructive view, but nosebleed tickets and like double D deck or whatever it's called are going for $400. is like the cheapest I saw. Um, yeah. You don't need to get too much into the tickets. I want to hear your thoughts on this matchup. Are you confident the Buckeyes will win? Why or why not, Mr. Baxendale? Well, it's the second biggest ticket in college football this entire season right now. Um, and I think the number one ticket is the SEC championship game. Just oh, I thought maybe Ohio State-Michigan, but we'll see. Oh, well, it will be by the time that game rolls. Yeah. Why? Currently. Uh, right. As for this game, I am extremely confident in Ohio State. I don't see Notre Dame's defense slowing down Ohio State. And Notre Dame doesn't win big games. Like, I, I went back through this a week or two ago in the bucket looking at Notre Dame history in big games. And you know what Notre Dame does in big games? They get beat. Period. Right. And they're coming to the horseshoe. Right? This is a spot where the Buckeyes are – let's put it this way. The Buckeyes are the favorite – significant i think it's 15 points right now right 15 and a half yep if this was a game that we anybody thought we had a realistic chance of losing they wouldn't be a 15 point favorite they'd be a four point favorite or a five point favorite or a three point favorite right ohio state is the heavy favorite and they'll be an even heavier favorite if the defense is as good as we think it's going to be so i'm very confident in this game it's marcus freeman's second game as the head coach at Notre Dame, right? He had the bowl game last year, and then now this. And as much as I love free, this is a this is too big of a task. Uh, it, it's just it's going to be too big of a task. And I, I think that Notre Dame is is a perfectly good team. They're probably a 10-win team. They're not a playoff team, and they're not the sort of team that Ohio State messed around with. So I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a very clear and obvious Ohio State win when it's all said and done. I'm just hoping clear and obvious doesn't mean 63 to 42. I'm hoping it means something like 42 to 10. So I want that defense to do its job. I want to see the defense play well in this game. But, yeah, I think this is one of the few games where normally in the early, the first game of the season, what are we thinking at Ohio State? We're thinking, oh, boy, I want to see us slaughter them 56 to nothing. Right? I remember watching early game seasons with a buddy of mine down at the Atlanta at OSU Alumni Club, and anytime we, we gave up like a garbage time touchdown, it was, oh, this is terrible. We're only going to win 49-7. to The media is going to drop us a spot, right? Like, no, we're not worried necessarily about the optics of winning this game. We just need to win the game. But there are things I'm certainly going to look for that I want to see happen and route to winning this football game. But Ohio State has to win this football game, plain and simple. The, uh, the alternative is ugly for what it means to the program. So hopefully the Buckeyes are ready to rock and roll, but I feel confident they will. I feel confident too. Now they we you know we need to mention it's been a long time since Ohio State's won a, like a big non-conference game at home. And remember, for a while, for many years, it was like they never lost a night game. It's like oh, if Ohio State plays a, like a night game at the Horseshoe, that's a lock. That went out the window, you know, in the late aughts. Fifteen years State ago, beat them in the night game. Then USC beat them in the that's night game. The night game. They've lost to Virginia Tech. 
Now that ended up I mean, refresh Oklahoma. my memory. Did that Virginia Tech loss uh, prevent them from winning the national championship? No, actually, it didn't. So, um, but seriously though, I mean, Oklahoma, Oregon, back whatever—they're going to get that monkey off their back. They're going to get that monkey off their back. Um, Michigan's got an easy schedule, but um, I think Ohio State's going to get that monkey off. People are asking about Michigan and saying they might not be a top ten team. Well, I don't think they're going to be that good. Their offense might be pretty good. Their defense is going to take a step back, but Michigan has complete cakewalk of a schedule until they got to come here and that's going to be a bad day for them i want to finish the show with this we have a a question um from andrew on facebook everybody is picking ohio state versus bama in the national championship game with a bama win at what point in the season can we be confident that the new defense can challenge bama for the big win i like the question all right let's finish with this Bax. now my take on this is we'll know early i remember in 2019 when halfley took over the defense I could just tell early in that season. I mean, not that Cincinnati had a great team, but everybody was saying Cincinnati's going to come up here. Luke Fickle's going to have his guys ready, and I'm sure he did. And Ohio State just waxed them 42 to nothing. And I'm thinking, this defense is flying around. I love what I'm seeing. I believed in that defense early in the season. And I think we're going to know. And we're going to know earlier how they look against Notre Dame. Are they this aggressive, just, yeah, maybe they give up a big play or two because they're so aggressive, and they're but they're getting tackles for loss. They're getting sacks. They're confusing the opposing offense. They're playing fast. I love everything I'm hearing about Ohio State's defense. To answer the question, I think we'll know very early in the season. I don't think it's going to be midseason or late in the year. We'll know early if this defense has national championship capabilities, in my opinion. What do you think, Bax? I think if we're at midseason and we're not sure, it's not going to happen. Right. Simple. Buddy, go back to 2016, the year that we had Malik Hooker and like all the first-round corners. You knew game one against Bowling Green that that defense was legit. I remember seeing Malik Hooker go like 50 yards diagonally across the field to pick off a pass. And I thought, oh, my God, these guys are good. Like, like, that was just like it was – you know. You know on defense. The offense can develop. The offense can roll downhill. The quarterbacks have to learn and get reps and suck and then get better. Usually, except under Ryan Day, they're all just robots and score a million points. But, like, defensively, you know right away whether or not these guys have the mentality and whether these guys are thinking or whether they're playing we're going to know notre dame night like the 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 sunday morning bucket after notre dame is going to be a massive overreaction one way or the other (laughs) we want bama bring on saban yeah or it's going to be like you know you won't find me i'm dead in the field like there's one of the two like there's no in between right so yeah it's going to be early or not at all plain and simple yep there you go. Uh, appreciate the knowledge from Bax. Thank you to Matt Baxendale. As he mentioned, he writes The Bucket every Sunday, must-read material, so make sure you check out his column, The Bucket. It's great stuff every week, even though he gave a little bit too much praise to Kevin Will, uh, Kevin Warren uh, this past week. But we'll, we'll We could do a whole slide. podcast arguing that one. I still we'll, don't we'll, like the guy, but call a spade a spade. We'll let that slide, even though Gene Smith and, and was really behind. Even though Gene Smith himself is giving credit to Kevin Warren, what else is he going to say, though? We know – Gene Smith and the eighties at USC and uh, UCLA were really behind that, but I'll let you give Kevin Warren. He is remember when we all were so angry at Gene like 10 years ago, and now he's like the shadow commissioner of the biggest sports league in like, all of college sports. Like <laughs> Barry Alvarez should get a lot of credit too. He's kind of behind the scenes. I think he helped a lot with that. Um, we'll see. Hey, I will say this about Kevin Warren. It happened on his watch. So, in that respect, he gets credit for it. 
And at least, even if he was, I believe he was out of the country when all this was going down, at least he got out of the way and let it happen, at the very least. So, anyway, I wanted to end with that. Thank you very much to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there. We really appreciate you guys. Thanks to all the comments and questions on our live broadcast. Again, thanks to all of you for tuning in. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All that stuff really helps. Thanks again to Bax. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day. Go Bucks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.